Hello, this is Paul Chabot. Welcome back to another episode of the Paul Chabot Show. Today, we're going to be discussing the border. And uh, before we get there, I want to thank our sponsors at GOPAgent.com. GOPAgent.com. GOPAgent helps our clients sell their homes using Republican real estate agents that share your values. GOPAgent.com. All right. So look, the border's a mess. It's been a mess for quite some time. I had an interesting opportunity to show up on a a news channel, a Christian-based channel, uh, discussing the border and Biden's visit a while back. I'm going to play that for you here at the end. Let's talk about the border for a minute. Uh, My background is in law enforcement and military. My doctoral dissertation was on the Ariano Felix Drug Trafficking Organization. I defended that dissertation back in 2008 to receive my doctorate degree from George Washington University. And the focus of my dissertation was looking at organizational resiliency, right? Like, how is it that these sinister, evil organizations that despite all best efforts that we place to dismantle or destroy them continue to survive? And so what my dissertation uncovered through exhaustive research was, look, these organizations like drug cartels uh, are extremely resilient. They have built in redundancy. They always prepare for failure. And quite honestly, they are extremely successful at what they do because they focus on failure in making sure they put multiple different targets downrange so that, for example, if one component gets taken out, they still survive as an entity. And look, there's no difference in how, uh, say, drug cartels and terrorists operate. When I was in Iraq and mobilized uh, during OIF in 2008 and 2009, You looked at Al-Qaeda, and Al-Qaeda is no different in how they structure. They built in redundancy. What do I mean by that? Well, uh, in in my book and uh, in some papers that I've written since, and I encourage you to take a Google at it, uh, my book is Eternal Battle Against Evil. You can find it on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Walmart, and other platforms. But what I found is when I went to Iraq and looked specifically at Al-Qaeda, and I was a military intelligence officer at the time working with our Joint Special Operation Forces specifically uh, at the structure of Al-Qaeda in Iraq, AQI as they were called back then. And what's unique and special about them is that they, like our cartels uh, in Mexico, really focused on their survivability because, look, they knew they didn't have the technology that we did or the numbers that we did. So they did things a little bit differently. you got to protect information. You've got to make sure that what it is that you're doing Uh, Your adversaries are not able to have a full spectrum on your overall uh, efforts. Otherwise, you know, you're going to fall apart. Most Fortune 500 companies would evaporate in an environment that drug cartels or terrorist organizations operate in, right? It's nobody expects to be attacked in multiple different fashions. Well, look, that's what we do. That's what we do against terrorists. And that's what we did uh, in Al-Qaeda. And we still do it today. But yet you ask yourself, how is it, why is it that these organizations continue to survive or in some cases thrive despite our best efforts? Well, it's because they're preparing for failure. So I'll give you an example here. Certainly Al-Qaeda, like cartels, has an organizational structure, higher level leaders. What they really do um, successfully is at the ground level, at the ground level, Those that are out there directly conducting operations, whether it is uh, blowing up um, buildings, targeting uh, elected officials or whatever it is, 
the 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 folks that are on the ground, these these components that that operate, they intentionally have no idea what is happening to the other or what the other component is doing. And the reason that's important is that if, for example, that lower level component uh, gets captured and then interrogated, right? Are they going to be able to, what intel are they going to be able to give up to the good guys where they can begin to sort of dismantle the rest of the organization? And so by design, these components don't know what the other components are doing. That is what is so critical is that they have built in this sort of compartmentalization. And look, we do that here uh, with our military, all of our intelligence. I had a top secret SCI, the highest level you can go with security clearance. And even though I have top secret clearance, I'm only compartmentalized into or read into certain programs that I have a need to know. So when I worked on anti-submarine, anti-mine warfare, I was read into those TSSCI programs specifically for that. But when, when I moved on from that and I went on to another uh, assignment uh, at PAC Fleet, uh, I was read into other specific programs. And the reason we do that is if there's a bad actor on our side, they don't have full access or, well, hopefully shouldn't have full access to every single kind of intelligence out there. You just don't want to have that. You need to have a right or a need to know. And so that's what these cartels do. That is what organizational uh, 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 sophisticated prison gangs do here in our states that run the prison gangs. Uh, look, and we're not talking about these low-level street tagging gangs that operate on many streets in America. We're talking about the higher level. Once you get in the cartel involvement, the drug sales, the trafficking, um, Look, they want to survive. And so they know law enforcement is always going to be on them, not just through stakeouts and, and dope deals and undercover operations, but what else? Monitoring cell phones or flipping. You catch somebody dealing dope and you say, look, uh, we might let you off or let you go easy, but who's your supplier? And so that is how uh, we as the good guys build cases, right? That's how we build cases. And it's no different than going after these sinister networks. So how do we then do this uh, if these organizations don't, these components on the ground don't talk to the other for when we capture them and detain them and interview them or interrogate them? Well, look, there's a lot of other ways to get intelligence. Uh, human or human intelligence is obviously probably, I think, one of the most important. Uh, it's also one of the most uh, time consuming, if you will. But what's neat about human collection is you have an opportunity to literally sit down uh, with um, the other side, if you will, and, and glean information. Now, that's one component of human collection. Uh, it happens, your regular detective, right? Sitting down from a suspect or even a witness or somebody else and just getting good intel that you're able to share. But getting good intel is one component of this. The other part is having that information and being able to share it with your quote-unquote operators that go and hit the targets. Look, the reason I think we were so successful during the surge in Iraq and uh, with the special operations is because Intel, you know, we didn't wake up at nine and go to bed at five. It was 24 seven, 365. Certain folks working the Intel, getting that Intel, but then passing that off to the operators to go hit those targets, hit those targets in the middle of the night. Uh, and you're pulling up uh, computer data, uh, uh, biographical data, whatever you can pull and bringing that all back, tearing it apart and then looking at other targets to continue uh, to hit. And so 
That is why we've always got to keep our eye on the ball. We can never say, hey, we defeated terrorism just by thinking we've vacated every single terror node in a country because it will grow back. It always does. Uh, and so we shouldn't look at this as a zero sum game. We shouldn't say to ourselves, we've got to eliminate the problem. We take it from 100 down to zero to declare victory. That's not the case. Look, we're never going to win the war on um, homelessness in America, right? We're never going to win the quote unquote war on drugs, but it doesn't mean we give up. We got to change the dynamic. We want to measurably reduce the problem over and over and over, make it smaller and smaller and smaller, and eventually keep that enemy on the run and so small, but never keep our eye off the ball. Because, and I write about this in my book and I speak about this. Uh, if you're looking to hire a speaker, check me out on executivespeakerbureau.com. Uh, I provide a number of uh, keynote presentations on this organizational resiliency. But if you take a look at how we have been successful in this country with law enforcement operations targeting and but yet the failure in Mexico, right? How is it that these cartels have free reign in Mexico and here in the US they don't? Well, look, money corrupts. The biggest issue in Mexico is corruption. And the good people that you have, the good, and there's few of them, the good cops, the good reporters, the good politicians, the good judges, largely they're getting executed. In Mexico, if you're not paid off, bribed, um, you know, it's you're going to get killed. Uh, if you're doing the right thing over and over again to diminish cartel influence, I would love to see uh, a way to take our special operation abilities in training uh, to Mexico of what we did in Iraq to have them directly target cartels over and over and over again. Obviously, you've got to look at some constitutional rights here on how do you do this cleanly, correctly. Uh, but it is so critical and important that I think when you declare that cartels are an enemy of the state, that they are domestic terrorists, that needs to elevate uh, not just Mexico's attention, but the entire world. There is a way, there is a way uh, for the free world, for good people to go after evil and, severe, and severely diminish it. But I'll leave you with this for a moment. If you ever watch a horror movie, whether it's Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, or whatever it is, you know, in, in almost every single one of these, what happens? The, the monster comes back, right? And how does that happen? Well, you get the good person, the good lady, the good guy. They've destroyed the monster on the ground, right? They, they, they took the, the knife and shoved it in the heart of the monster. And then what happens? Uh, the good person thinks they've killed the monster and they walk away. And as they're walking away, guess what happens? That monster rises again. And so the point here is that you can never stop uh, putting all your efforts on keeping that monster on the ground. You can never leave in a sense. And that's somewhat sad, or you've got to have the resources there to be able to make sure that that, that evil uh, is not able to rise up again. It's going to be there, but let's do the best we can to make sure it doesn't rise up and cause that terror. So look, I'm going to play for you here my uh, issue with, um, with Biden and the border and our failure there on the border. Uh, and I think it'll be important uh, for us all to recognize that uh, without a secure border, without a border, we don't have a country. We've got evil pouring in and the drugs, the fentanyl and other things are literally destroying the lives of our uh, brothers, sisters, men and women, neighbors, family across this country. And it all can be diminished if we have the right leadership to do so. And right now, I'm afraid that we do not. All right. So check this out. I'll play this video for you here shortly. I think you'll enjoy it. And then also, please uh, check out GOPAgent.com. That's GOPAgent.com. Republican real estate agents work with them to help them buy or sell your home. Also, you can find my book, Eternal Battle Against Evil on Amazon and other booksellers online. Thanks so much. This is Paul Chabot. I appreciate you joining us here. 
at the Paul Chabot Show. It's all about keeping America strong. God bless. All right, Belinda, thank you. Well, joining us now, the former White House senior advisor and Navy Reserve Intelligence Officer Paul Chabot. Well, Biden went to El Paso. I put the air quotes there because they cleaned up a lot and it was somewhat of a dog and pony show. He probably didn't see what he needed to see. I mean, nobody's going to come up and sell drugs to him or right. he wasn't tripping over people in the street. So what, what would he actually get out of that kind of visit? Yeah, I think it's it's frustrating because all of America can see the problems at our border. In our own country, over 100,000 Americans are dying every single year because of fentanyl largely coming across that border. The president had a huge opportunity and it was completely missed. Uh, I think the cleanup there, the lack of attention to the border, the lack of attention to cartels, human trafficking, drug trafficking, and quite honestly, the perils to American families uh, was left unaddressed. And it was more of a political photo op, but interestingly, I think he's been um, held somewhat accountable for that being a failed uh, trip. Two years into presidency, we should be addressing the problems. Instead, they seem to be skirting around them. You worked for President Bush. Um, you know, he did what he could. There was never an agreement in Congress. They just can't sit down and figure it out. But he did what he could to make sure the border was sealed as best he could. Yeah. Uh, Barack Obama actually deported people. Yeah. And President Trump obviously made it one of the cornerstones of his presidency. All of a sudden, though, the last two years, Joe Biden gets in and the progressives, and it is inarguably an open border now. And with it comes a lot of big problems that we're not dealing with. You know, it really is. Uh, my dissertation work was on cartels. And when you look at how powerful they have become, not just in Mexico, but all of Latin America, what's dangerous here for our country is the cartels see America as weak along the border. Their cartels now have moved into states that have legalized marijuana, legalized drugs, California, Colorado. And so they're spreading, spreading those tentacles, which are very violent. The problem in Mexico and other Latin American countries is that corruption is rampant. Um, money really is king over there and our country provides federal tax dollars to these Latin American countries and we are failing in Congress we're failing at the presidency to hold Latin American countries accountable for the dollars we're giving them to go after the exact problems that we've been detailing quite considerably for a long amount of time and you know you've written about this I'm going to give you a book eternal battle against evil you were prescient about this and we just haven't been dealing with this issue. We, I guess it's safe to say the war on drugs has been lost, yeah. right? And is it ever winnable? So we got to look at the problem in, in more of um, a cancer, that we're never going to win this war. We're never going to win the war against homelessness. We're never going to win the war on drugs. What we want to do is make the problem smaller. And in America right now, we are completely reversed. Drug usage today is nearly double what it was 10 years ago. So from a drug policy perspective, this administration is completely failing. When you look at the drug cartels, though, you got to give them credit in the sense that they are highly organized. Uh, they operate better than most of our Fortune 500 companies. And there is no difference between how cartels are organized from a structural perspective than terrorists are over in Iraq or Afghanistan. And so until we, from a policy perspective, understand that and the enemy of what we're against and the 100,000 Americans more so that they're killing every single year, nothing is going to change in this country. But there is a way to address it. We're just not seeing it come out of the Biden administration. But the El Chapos of the world on the other side of the border are looking at America like this is easy, yeah. right? You know, Title 42, forget it. Uh, remain in Mexico policy, forget it. Uh, even the federal government, our federal government, sued one of our states, Arizona, to take down the barriers. It's becoming easier and easier for, for them to peddle their wares, which is killing people 
right here in America. Yeah, you know, there is. And when you talk to the ordinary you know, mother or father and you ask them today, how many know somebody who's used an illicit drug? Most families today are negatively impacted by this, or they've lost somebody. Well, where are these drugs coming from? Look, Ronald Reagan did it right in the 1980s when DEA agent Kiki Camarena was tortured and killed in Mexico by the Ariano Felix Drug Trafficking Organization. Narcos. That's right. On Netflix. Great series. Reagan shut down that border. And guess what Mexico did after that border was shut down? All of a sudden, the killers get swept under to American authorities. We need that same willpower in this country to say enough is enough. We're no longer going to have Americans getting killed anywhere. We need to set the example. We can do it, but we're choosing not to do it. And that is what is so disheartening about this as we continue to suffer. Cocaine back in the 80s was kind of glorified in some respects, right, by Hollywood and, and everyone else. Fentanyl, it, it, I don't think people realize how fatal it is. Yeah. A grain of, of sand right. could kill multiple people. It is. And so, look, uh, I'm, I'm a parent. I've got four kids. Um, this is the most important message to parents today is that you don't necessarily need to worry about your child um, overdosing uh, off of a drug. You need to worry about them literally losing their lives on that very first try because you need just a small microgram of fentanyl uh, attached to a legitimate prescription drug, uh, which are traded in our high schools across this community like candy. Uh, the best approach that we have that I recommend is drug test. Drug test your kids. And kids will say they actually like to be drug tested because it gives them an out. They can say, I don't want to use this because my parents drug test me. Unfortunately, these are the tools parents have to use because our government is failing to provide for protection along our border to stop these drugs from coming in in the first place. So we got to take matters in our own hands. You know, in the final minute, we've talked about, you know, gangs slash drug cartels, terrorists, yeah. They used to fly in. Now they're just walking in. That's right. And people don't realize, did we learn any lesson from 9-11? 9-11 will be repeated here at some point in history. Uh, terrorists, as we learned in Afghanistan, I served in Iraq. Uh, they know, they point to their watches. They have time on their hands. And this time we have to take advantage of in this country to make our country more secure. And if we can't do that along our own property, it's embarrassing, but it sends a signal to our enemies abroad that America's borders are open and porous and allows for an opportunity to harm us beyond drugs, but into terror as well. Yeah, you're right. They play the long game, decades, and uh, we can't wait for the next TikTok video. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, Paul, thank you very much. It's scary stuff, but we appreciate you coming My here. My pleasure, and congrats on your show. <laughs> thank you. All right, coming up next, House Speaker... Derek Baker. And I'm Paul Chabot, and we founded GOPAgent.com because America is in trouble. So why is this important to you? If you ever sell or buy a home, work with a Republican agent who shares your conservative values because they're not going to give money they earn from a commission on the sale or purchase of your home to support a radical candidate that goes against your values. A real estate agent earns a commission every time they help a client buy or sell a house. These same agents are required to pay dues to realtor associations. These associations have political action committees spending lots of money supporting candidates who reportedly support realtor values. In 2020 and 2022, the National Association of Realtors gave more money and supported Democrats over Republicans for political office. At GOPAgent.com, our licensed real estate agents won't give a dime to Democrats. Whether you're considering a move across the country or just across town, GOPAgent.com can help. Thank you and God bless.